Hello, it's the September DCM podcast. My name is Tom Lanate, and this month I'm joined by DCM CEO Karen Stacey. We'll be chatting about the small matter of the last six months and the effect that that's had on the cinema industry and DCM. But before that, we need to mention Tenet. I've seen it twice and loved it. I have a few friends that were, weren't quite as bold over as I was, but it was so good to have a film that we could spend hours discussing afterwards. Have you seen it yet, Karen? I have seen it. I saw it with my daughter, who is 16, and is a big Nolan fan and a big sort of sci-fi kind of fan too. So uh, I think she understood it more than I did, but I absolutely agree. It actually, what you realise film does is give you something else to talk about, give you something else to discuss rather than what's for dinner tonight, we've run out of milk again, <laughs> who's unpacking the dishwasher? That, that was, for me, the, one of the best things about it. You know, I've really missed that, going to see a film with some friends and then just picking it apart afterwards, even if we didn't like it. I mean, on this case, we were... We were mostly positive and I loved it but it was just great to have something like that to talk about again I, I, I agree even thinking about it even um, sort of uh, a fodder for radio programs and things like that when you're listening when people have seen a movie they're discussing it in the breakfast show the next day um, I, I totally agree I did find it though Ten, it was um, it, the, I mean the cinematography of it was unbelievable Um and you just think, wow, his mind is quite incredible. Yeah, and just seeing something on that scale, you know, I mean, obviously I've seen some brilliant things at home on TV over the last six months, but just seeing something, so that he, he actually bought a jumbo jet and crashed it into a building, and you're like, you don't get that on any Netflix no. cinema, uh, Netflix films. No, you really do see the difference with something which is made for TV, which is clearly made for TV, and made for cinema, then played on television. And I think it's just at home, you just don't have that expectation of, I guess it's like listening to music at home or seeing a band live. There's just that feeling of expectation that I'd sort of forgotten about, um, that when you sit down and the, you know, the BBFC uh, certificate comes up and you just think, well, I'm here. I've got a, and it's that whole pay attention. Yeah, and that, and that I think well, that's one of the issues that I found with Tenet is that in that first twenty minutes, there's so much information to take in, and I was just a bit overwhelmed by the IMAX screen. I was like, wow, I'm just, I'm too busy looking at this to think to to listen, and so that's why I found it even more enjoyable on the second on my second watch, and I will definitely be going back for a third. I think I will go back for a second because one thing I did was making me laugh was certainly after six months of our. COVID, you think I would be used to trying to understand what people say when they're wearing a mask. <laughs> and I still and I still find it really difficult. I was still thinking, oh my God, I've got to really concentrate here because I can't see their mouths. Yeah. So, I mean, so we've I'm had no plenty better. of practice on that. So in terms of performance, uh, in terms of DCM admissions, Tenet has already delivered over 1.2 million uh, on the DCM estate. And I'm sure Karen and I will touch on what that means for the cinema industry over the next 20 minutes or so. And what we can look forward to over the next few months. We'll also be discussing our new Best Seat in Media initiative and how you listening at home or in the office or wherever you are can win £2,000 worth of Selfridges vouchers. So stay tuned to find out about that. So thanks for joining me, Karen. How are you? I haven't I'm asked good. yet. I'm, I'm really good, actually. Good. Walked into work this morning, Tom, so that's always good. I did too. We're, I and I'll just say that we're both in the office. Which is, which is really nice. Yeah, it is good to be back. And so as it has been for most people, it's been an extraordinarily challenging last six months. Can you talk a little bit about what it's been like for you and how you've navigated DCM through this period? So I think the um, so I think the first stage, which I always call now sort of man crisis management stage... 
um, was really tough. And I think the decisions around it at the beginning were tough. Um, as may, most people know, our cinemas closed. Our business is completely funded and driven by cinemas being open. Um, the film's been showing, and then we put our wonderful clients' adverts before the films. And that's how we make our revenue. If they are closed, we have zero revenue coming in. So we had a big decision to be made, um, um, to make rather. And we knew early on from speaking to the cinema owners that we will probably be closed. They felt, at the time, they felt a maximum of three months, but certainly 10 weeks. Um, the government announcing the furlough scheme was a lifeline for us, really. And we took the decision to furlough as many people as we could because it was about keeping our business in the best possible shape it could be for when we returned. Um, and the best possible shape it could be was making sure that we kept cash in the business because I had one aim, which was to keep everyone's jobs. Um, so although it was a really tough decision um, and a few sleepless nights, certainly at the beginning, I couldn't have, uh, I couldn't have hoped for a better response from the team. We just had a core group of people working for the first sort of for the, throughout the period, which is sort of a group of ten. The most important thing was to get money in, um, and then support and communicate with our people as um, uh, when the, when they were off. Um, and in hindsight, being the perfect science, I'm so glad we did because it wasn't ten weeks or twelve weeks; it's nearly six months. So if we hadn't taken that approach right at the beginning, the business would be in not the shape as it is as it is now. And we probably wouldn't be looking forward like we are doing now. We were probably looking at, oh, my God, how do we just keep the business, keep the business going? So we're in good shape. Um, as I said, we had a lot of full starts. We felt that we were all going to be back again on July the 4th, if you remember, Tom. At the time in July, at the end of June, I was presenting to the shareholders talking about Tenet coming out in July, then Mulan coming out in August and Kingsman coming out in September and Wonder Woman coming out in October. So big tentpole films that would have really driven revenue for us. Um, and sadly, you know, one of those has happened. Um, so we, we, we changed again. Uh, I guess a big learning for me is I'm quite a planner and like to plan going forward. But the skill or the muscle I've exercised the most is the skill of um, reacting quickly. Um, reacting quickly, changing your plans, being fleet of foot. That was the muscle you need to exercise. But, you know, we're back now. Um, we're in good shape as a business. Well, I'm delighted to say Frontline Sounds will be, all be back on October the 1st. Um, oh, we're back full time. They're, they're all back now. They're all they're. back. Yes, they're all back now, but back full time. Um, as we're sitting here, where we've got three bubbles coming into the office, so we can give people the opportunity to come back to the office two days a week, uh, one day for some people. Um, so I think it's just a sort of a road, green shoots to recovery. So um, you, you've already mentioned the flexible working that uh, our company's doing, and a lot of companies are introducing. What are your thoughts around this? So I think it's, I think we've always had flexible working. I think we were probably uh, the front runners in understanding that flexibility or happy people make a great culture, which makes a great company. Let's start there. You need to give flexibility to create 
people in a good mindset so therefore they will be happy so therefore they would do good work etc so I think we've always had that and as you know we've got a lot of people doing flexible hours and I don't think we were a clock in clock out kind of company um I think the what what it's shown uh in the latest in the last few months is that we can really cope from working from home um and as a nation we can cope from working from home I do think what we've proven is in crisis times, it will all be okay. Um, I think long term, we we don't know the consequences of maybe people not being in the office as much, good or bad. Um, so I think that's a bit unknown. Um, but I do think the days of people, you know, four million people trying to get on the Northern Line at eight o'clock in the morning have gone, um, which is probably a good thing. Because I am also a believer in that, ironically, the advancements of technology should have meant that people worked less and produced more, you would think, because that's what technology should do for you. I think what happened with us, we all seem to, all this technology just meant we worked longer hours and produced less. It sort of did the complete reverse of the Industrial Revolution, <laughs> you know, in the uh 1800s so i i'm hoping that what people will see now is a real flexible approach to work um i think that there is a, a certain buzz that you can get from being in an office but having the ability to work both should make everyone a lot happier technology should work smarter and harder for us all and the ultimate is that we should produce more and you mentioned the DCM culture, which has been a big part of our, our business and it's a great place to work. But obviously that becomes more challenging now that with people uh, working from home. How have you, what have you done to maintain the strong culture that DCM's got? I think with culture, a lot of it is about communication. And I think you can't underestimate how much you need to communicate. Um, and I guess it's like any old, any campaign if you think we're in the advertising and comms world, we would always say to an advertiser, you know, you need to see an ad at least four times. So I think if you think about your own people, you've got to keep saying the same thing. So I think it's it's how do we create that culture with communication we've always done, but we've probably got to communicate in a different way. Um, so and we'll find different ways of communicating. I'm, I, you know, I'm really a believer in there's nothing like getting together, you know, and if you take it to its extreme, you know, I'm sure, you know, if I think about, you know, my own wedding, if I only had to do it with 30 people, yeah, it would be great and it would be lovely and would be, but, you know, I was fortunate to have a quite a big wedding and we had 200 people and it was really good. So one's not better than the other. They're just different. Um, so I just think we've got to work hard at it. It's it's clearly been a tough time and you've been at the heart of the company for the last six months. What have you done to make sure that you can remain positive and your mental health stays in a good place? Because it must have been extraordinarily challenging for you. Yeah, I think, I think uh, if I'm totally honest, the first few weeks were really hard. I think... Um, because you're asking people, you know, you're putting people on furlough. That was a really tough decision. Uh, when no one else was doing it also. So we went early. 
Um, I think I feel... So in the early days, I think that was the tough bit. I think routine really helped me. Fresh air and exercise really helped me. Um, and, and a bit of perspective as well. Because although it was tough, I also have got very elderly parents. I've got a brother that had to shield too. And my sister and brother-in-law also had to shield. So, and I was doing the shopping for all three of those. So although life was tough as well, I was also surrounded by people who had it even tougher than me. So again, perspective always helps. Um, and I just think you just take one day at a time. You just, all you can do is get through today and then you get through. And again, I think that um, my, you know, we all hung our hat on that 4th of July opening and Tenet being there and Mulan being there. And that's another learning, which was, I think it's adapting to change. If you think about sometimes the worst times you have is when you're dealing with change. Um, what I've learned is we're going to have a lot of change. And not only in business, but in our lives. So I don't know about you, but we had, you know, I was going to be at my in-laws for half term uh, with my uh, brother-in-law and sister-in-law. Now we all can't go. So we've got to change that. Our Christmas will probably look different to it was. So we've got to change that. So I think it's this adapting to change and dealing with it's just change will help everyone. And I think mentally that is my, um, I guess I've worked on trying hard to change my approach to that from being just dreadfully disappointed when something hasn't happened. And I guess we're used to in life being, you don't have many huge changes. You know, there's not many times when you, you know, a holiday that you've always wanted to go on is suddenly being cancelled. Now, it feels like at the moment, every week there's something you've organised now can't happen. So I think maybe maybe we get, get used to it. Um, and also, I think, Tom, just knowing the cinemas will be back open. Uh, people will go. They will show good movies, just ha hanging on to that. And therefore, we will still have a business. Yeah, that's what was exciting about the launch of Tenet. When it did come out, people did go. So now when yeah. we know that when the, the new big film, blockbuster films do hit the screens, people will be keen to see them. Yeah, I agree. And so talking more broadly about the media landscape, how do you think it's changed in the last few months? Well, I think it's, 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 it's changed unrecognisably in some ways um, I guess some of the if you think about our industry as a whole so some of the big tent poles that people would would use for communication and marketing communication so cinema being one of them and the big openings so we've not had that I think the outdoor industry especially central London if you think of the the amount of people that would come through mainline um, railway stations every day that would travel on the tube, you know, in and out of work, that's changed. Um, I think it's really interesting to think about the day parts and the way people work now. So when is, when is peak, when is off peak? And I know in television they're seeing a lot of, you know, viewing throughout the day now which really actually does make me laugh when you see these headlines of like TV, TV viewing soars as people work from home. It's like, well, you're not working from home then, are you, if you're watching telly? <laughs> but so I just think that's, that's really interesting. 
I think that from an agency's point of view, um, they're working, I know from friends that work at agencies, they're working really hard and peddling quickly with clients as everyone's trying to navigate this new way, um, which is tough for them as well on thinking about advice because we're just not doing the same thing. And if you think about what clients do, is try and think about how do consumers run their day and how am I going to get a message in front of them at the right time? And we've done the same thing for years, tens of years. Um, and suddenly we're not. So I think that sometimes, it, in some ways, it's really interesting because you've just got to think differently. And we've seen it as well, haven't we, where, you know, we'd, you know, blockbuster opening weekends, you know, a Friday, Saturday night and a Sunday is where we get all our admissions. Already we've seen it sort of, you know, evening out throughout the week a bit. So I think these are real trends to watch and just make us think differently. And so speaking from a brand perspective, what do you think the biggest challenges faced by brands at the moment are? I think it will be the same, which is how do I get people's attention? I think that will still be the biggest challenge for brands. I think there is a lot of supply around, you know, people ready to take your ads. Um, And I think cut through will be really um will will be a challenge um and i know we've we've done some work with phd and some of the findings they've found about you know more than ever though consumers want brands to help them with navigation um and relying on them so they want their advertising to be good um and i think mike florence their head of planning said whatever however you used to think think differently um and I think that's what brands need to do. I think it's a, you know, we use this overused phrase of zero-based planning, but it's sort of almost zero-thought planning, you know, and think again about how you are going to cut through. Because um, I do think it's a time where, you know, people have had huge upheaval in their lives. Um, I think they will look at things differently. So cinemas reopened on 4th of July. What have they done to ensure customers and advertisers feel safe? So I think as an industry, they've done the most fantastic job. I think they've pulled together under the UKCA. Um, They've worked with the FDA um, and themselves under Cinema First, creating a sort of an ad to welcome people back to cinema. And I think what is reassuring is they've all followed the same guidelines. So whatever cinema you go into, there is a standard set of guidelines which they all go through which I think is absolutely superb. Um, I think that they've also got a fine balance, though, because they've got a fine balance between letting people and showing people, uh, letting people know and showing them that it is safe to be in their cinema, which I think you probably get in the foyer. But as you sit down, they also are conscious of the fact that you're there in the first place is because you want to be taken away from the outside world. So, you, again, you don't need to keep ramming it down someone's throat. You know, it's all, you know, once people are in their seat, and I think they're doing that really well because I just think the experience, you know, it doesn't feel like you're in a hospital. Um, you know, they're doing it. They're doing it. It's not loads of yellow tape on seats, etc. They're doing that um, seating, uh, crowd control, the way they're scheduling it behind the scenes which when you're there, you suddenly realise, oh, yeah, I've come out, and the only people that have come out into the foyer are the people that were in my screen. Um, so I think that's really smart. 
because you want to make the consumer have a the best possible experience so they come back. Cinema was one of the most missed activities during lockdown. A lot of research we've seen has shown that it was as people missed cinema more than their families, maybe. Um, and um, will people now value the cinema experience more? How do you think people's attitude towards cinema is going to be now? So I think what's what's interesting is there's a saying that says it takes only takes three months to break a habit. So we've got to get the habit back because they've not been to the cinema for five months, probably six months. Um, so we need to get the habit back. Um, and also, if you think about it, when you're in cinema, you uh, go again because you've seen a trailer and you want to go, oh, I want to go and see that. So we need to get that habit forming back. I do think that people are desperate to see new content. So I'm hoping that I guess some people that would only go, say, once or twice a year are actually really, you know, in the, in the need for a, a cinema fix. I think Bond is the film that could do that. We call it a four, four quartile... Four quadrant. Four quadrant. That's the one, Tom. Four quadrant film. Um, and I think, I think the cinemas are up and ready. I think the experience will be good. I think if we just have the confidence from the consumer to go back in, I think that will be a, um, a real litmus test to, uh, if, to the success of 2021. And you already mentioned perhaps the cinema audience attending at different times. Are there, are there any other trends that you see happening regarding the audience and people's habits? Yeah, there is some, one that's quite interesting. Again, if you put your common sense hat on, um, which is not a surprise, which is at the moment the older audience is staying away. So we always, uh, nearly 50% of our audience were under 35 anyway. Um, and at the moment, on some days we've seen it sort of, you know, 70 to 75%. So the young are back. Um, and they're not concerned and they're not worried. And at the moment, the old audience are, are staying away. I guess long, long term, we hope that they will get the confidence to come back when they feel it's safe. But it's not a huge part of our audience. It's about 6% of our audience is over 65. So it's not, not a huge amount. Um, but, I mean, for an, from an advertising point of view, from a commercial point of view, that's good news. You know, the younger audience are coming back, the older people are staying away, but it's all right, they're at home reading the Daily Telegraph, <laughs> watching daytime TV. You can get them there, Mr Advertiser. Well, you say that, and my mum has been desperate to go back to the cinema, and she went last Thursday for the first time to see Baby Teeth ah. at her local picture house. So, um, and she likes to do things slightly differently, my mum, though. She's a bit contrary. And Baby like Teeth, did she like she it? She really liked it, yep. She said it was very sad and moving, but she enjoyed it a lot. And she was just happy to be back. She was, she's been uh, looking for something to see. So anyway, as I mentioned in my intro, we've recently launched the Best Seat in Media initiative. What was the thinking behind that? So I think we, uh, we're very aware that um, I think absolutely we did the right thing to furlough our team and to look after the business. Because at the end of the day, if we haven't got a business at the end of the year, that's not good for anybody. However, that did mean that we were not talking to customers as much as we would have been. So not that there was a lot to talk about because the cinemas were closed. However, we, we were aware that we really haven't been talking to agencies or advertisers. So I think what we did a bit of a uh, internal um, brainstorm about, so what do you do? 
Um, and I guess it what we came up with, which is a stunt to make people think about cinema again across the media world would be a good thing. Um, we were first of all thinking about um, hanging it off a film maybe or um, a certain situation. And actually then we came to the decision was actually just going back to the cinema, which is the fun thing. Uh, so it's an initiative to wake people up to go go back, um, go and watch a film. Um, and I guess to go to remind everyone it's, as we would say, the best seat in media. And why do you think cinema remains the best seat in media? As we were talking about earlier, getting people's attention now is almost the holy grail of communication. Because re- just reaching people, you can do really easily. There's so many outlets just to reach people. However, cutting through is really difficult. And I think lots of people are trying different things because their core proposition, uh, especially if they were a traditional media, is arguably getting weaker, not stronger. And our ours, I think, is the complete, complete reverse. So the, the strengths that we've had, we had and still have, are just second to none. So if you think about what you offer to an advertiser, you're saying to them, I'm going to put your advert, your communication, next to the best content that is out there at the moment that no one else has got. I'm also going to make sure that it's completely brand safe. I'm also going to make sure that all the audience is looking and paying attention to your ad. I'm also going to verify that audience with point-of-sale data the day after your ad went in front of them. And it's going to have absolutely no distractions and it's going to be the best AV and the best sound. And I just think no one else can say that. And they're going to be looking forward all the time at your ad in a seat. So it, I think it leads to then, if you take all that and you want to summarise it into three words, you go, it's the best seat in media. Four, four words. Four words. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, Tenet has strengthened the box office since it opened on the 26th of August. And there are some still some very strong films to come out for the rest of 2020, including Marvel's Black Widow in October James Bond returning in No Time to Die on the 12th of November. We've got Wonder Woman 1984 at Christmas alongside West Side Story from Steven Spielberg. But what are you most looking forward to? I think Bond, obviously. A Christmas West Side Story. I think I, I love a musical. Um, I think I think that could be the surprise for us, actually, West Side Story, because I think that, you know, with Broadway, with Broadway, with the West End being closed um, and theatres being closed and a lot of talk around that sort of supporting theatre, I wonder if we'd get a spike in audience that maybe we wouldn't have done um, because people will see that as their, you know, substitute for a, maybe a Christmas outing. Um, so I think that that'd be interesting. And one's a woman on Christmas Day. Yeah, and, and I... I completely agree with you about West Side Story. I'm someone who likes going to the, to see musical theatre on the West End, and I really miss that. And I think seeing something like West Side Story or the uh, big screen adaptation of Everybody's Talking About Jamie, which is due out in January, could really kind of grab that audience who haven't been to, been able to go for the last nine months, well, at nine months at the point that West Side Story comes out. Oh, Tom, also Death on the Nile. I think that will be... Uh, I think that will probably play younger... Um, I think it's got quite a modern cast. But if anything, again, thinking about that eight older age group, just maybe putting their toe in the water, again, that could 
that could um, pull in the pull in the older crowd. And that's out on the fourteenth of October. And you're right; it looks really glamorous and uh, looks like a it's a safe option for people as well because they're aware they're probably aware of the Agatha Christie novel as well. The casting cast um, t- the casting covers all bases. Um, and as you said, some some people like Emma Mackey who everyone who's watched Sex Education on Netflix is aware of now. She's prominent in the cast. And we're expecting great things from 2021. Obviously, a number of films have moved from 2020. Uh, The slate is packed with major awards contenders like the recent Venice Golden Line winning Nomadland. There's also big comic book blockbusters like The Batman and Marvel's Eternals. Eye-popping IMAX titles like Top Gun Maverick alongside British titles like Everybody's Talking About Jamie, which we just spoke about. Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho and The Duke starring Helen Mirren and Jim Broadbent. What are you looking forward to in 2021? So in Kingsman, which obviously should have been September, um, it, to, to be honest, it's one of those franchises which everything I shouldn't like about it, it's really quite violent. It makes sort of like, you know, violence seem funny, but it just I think it just really works, really works. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I am looking forward to Maverick, so Top Gun 2, whatever we're going to call it, um, because I think those it takes you back to those days where I just, you know, wanted a flying jacket and wanted to be Kelly McGillis. Um, but I, I think it's it's like every month there's some something good on. Um, so I will be at the cinema a lot. Yep, 2021 is a lot to look forward to in cinema. So that just about wraps it up. Thanks for joining me, Karen. I hope everyone has enjoyed listening. There's t- just time for me to mention our Best Seat in Media initiative. We're running a competition on Twitter asking cinema goers to share photos of their return to the cin- cinema. If you post your photo on Twitter with the hashtag Best Seat Media, you could be in with a chance of winning £2,000 worth of Selfridges vouchers. Mm-hmm. Yep, someone who posts their photo on Twitter with the hashtag Best Seat Media will win £2,000 worth of Selfridges vouchers. We look forward to seeing your photos. So thanks for listening. I'll be back next month with a brand new guest. Uh, see you then. Thanks. Thanks.